Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Kevin O'Connor, and joining me today is Alex Saar from the Perth Wildcats. He's an 18-year-old, 7-foot French forward, the 7-foot-5 wingspan, playing for the Perth Wildcats. I interviewed Saar last week because he was in Nevada playing against the G League Ignite. Perth traveled over here for the annual games that the G League is hosting. Last year, of course, we had Scoot Henderson versus Victor Wembanyama in the Mets 92. This year, it's Perth from the NBL. Saar is the top prospect from that team. I had him ranked 17th going into these games. Now he's in my top five. Saar was amazing, and I got to talk to him about his big week, his expectations for this coming season with Perth, how he envisions himself in the NBA. I thought he was super insightful. I loved the conversation, and I hope you enjoy it too. Here's my conversation with Alex Saar. I'm here with Alex Saar from the Perth Wildcats, potential number one pick in yes, the 2024 sir. NBA drafts. This week was pretty great for you against the G League Ignite. You had 17 points, seven rebounds, six blocks in game one. Game two, 26 points, 10 rebounds, six blocks, three steals, three assists. A nasty performance. How'd you feel going to sleep that night uh, after your second game? Felt great, really. Uh, felt like I had a good uh, game, so uh, and we had to win too. So that was really uh, something I wanted to achieve because uh, we got beat on the first game. So it was really just a great feeling. I mean that that game too. So after the game, I went out to dinner, went to Momo Fuku at the Cosmopolitan, and as I'm walking out, I see an NBA GM who I'm familiar with, and I say hi to him. You know, what did you think about the games this week? And he says to me. I mean, Alex Saar, man, he might be the number one prospect in this year's drafts. And we talked about that for a couple of minutes and how for you, I had you originally like my way too early board. Like the board doesn't matter at this point. Like the draft's not until June. I had you at 17. Mm-hmm. That was dumb. 
It's really <laughs> dumb. I had you way too low. You're definitely in my top five at this point. But I, he's one of the better drafting GMs in the league who said that to me. It seems like that's what a lot of people are saying after this week. What shifted, in your opinion? Are people just noticing? Are you better now? Like, uh, what, what, what shifted, in your opinion? Yeah, I feel like the main difference is just, like, uh, the setting. People saw me playing. Uh, I was playing at the youth level, like, uh, with the national team, where it's more like, uh, I would say, less freedom. Like, you're just running sets. You're just, like, doing things for the team way. But here I have like a bigger role. So I guess that's, that's the first time people saw me play that way. But I'll say, I, I think I, I've always been playing that way, but it's, it's not a player professionally with the, with the Wildcats that really people see me like as a different player. I mean, like the first thing people notice about you is your defense. You, you had that possession on uh, Friday's game where you just went stride for stride wrong, with Ron Holland coast to coast, ended up blocking his shot. Like it was one of those like, wow types of defensive plays, and you have those all the time. You cover so much ground as a weak side rim protector. You cover ground on ball. You can defend guards, wings. You're seven feet tall. You can defend some bigs as well. Like, you are a unique defensive type of prospect. Um, how do you see your defense evolving as you continue to mature physically, mentally? Where do you see it going? I think I see my difference just, like, uh, evolving as just me being better. I just, like, treating my spots and not uh, over-helping because uh, sometimes because uh, obviously I think I'm a, I'm a good shot blocker. Every time I, I try to like be aware of everything that's happening and I might over-help on a couple blocks. But I just see it going like uh, as me being able to guard like five position, I hope, in like next few years. I see you talk about guarding five positions. So like there will come a time in the NBA where how, how much do you weigh right now? 220. 220. Okay, so you're 220 right now. Like, there's the 260-pound guys. There's Jokic. There's Embiid. There's even, like, Sabonis types as bigs. Do you see yourself as someone who is a five-position defender, including those types of, like, super heavy bigs? Or are you more, like, one to four? And then most nights, most fives are, like, closer to your weight, your physicality. Yeah, I think... Do you want to get that big is what what I'm trying to say? I mean, I think I could be able to guard these type of players without getting, like... 260. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think something for me is I want to keep my 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 uh, my frame because because uh, I think that's what makes me fast and, and athletic. So I think like just in the in few years just gaining strength, uh, I think I'll be able to like handle this and just like be able to put these guys like in a in a bad spot for a shot just because of my length. Maybe they they'll be stronger, but I think I have other tools to like counter that. For sure. I mean, like, I think you, you can compensate for a lack of, you know, strength with the length, the quickness, and, uh, you know, the pounds on the scale don't necessarily correlate with actual strength. Yep. Your ability to read a, read a player and, and make an impact or the way a defense is playing, it's five men. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's like defense is never about the individual. And offensively, just to stick with the, the discipline aspect, the one area you aren't disciplined on offense is sometimes you travel when attacking closeouts. They called you for that, you know, a handful yeah. of times this week that happened in the OT as well. What needs to happen with your footwork to master that? Because if you do, I mean, with your speed, your quickness, your athleticism, you're going to be unstoppable in those situations. Yeah, I think it's just, uh, I just like had to slow down a couple of times where I just like cut the ball and went off like too, too fast. But uh, I'm not like too worried about that neither. But uh, yeah, it's just something I got to think about heading to the next game. I mean, that's the type of thing that, like, it's it's years of experience. It's mastering that. And how do you envision yourself in those roles when that skill is mastered? 
Yeah. Uh, like how how valuable will that be for you as somebody who's an off ball guy who can just attack closeouts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's like gonna be really really a great like part of my game too because it's gonna make me like more of a threat from anywhere. Like being able to shoot the ball, so they don't have to close out. I can like attack, make the next read. So it's definitely like yeah, something where I can build build off. I mean, it's it's such a. I think it's such a good skill. Like you had a, a play. I think it was last night in Friday's game where you had like this like nice off ball cut as well. You always seem to be locked in defensively. There's no question about your effort level. Offensively, you seem to like you don't you just you don't get lazy off ball. You're still locked in, looking for cutting opportunities or attacking closeouts. Where does that come from? Have you always played that way? Is it something you know a parent or a coach at some point kind of taught you the importance of? Yeah, I think uh, I always like played that way. But it's definitely like yeah, my brother, my my dad, who uh, who like used to like even when I was younger, watch film with me and show me like the moments where I would like just passive and just be like yeah, that's 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 what you got to do there and there. So it's just like probably always thinking about that what helped me like being locked in in the game, like knowing if my my defender's up, I can back up. He's not gonna see me, so I got something at the rim. So it's just things like that. I mean, it's super valuable. I mean, you think about so many different NBA offenses. Like, there's the variety of styles. There's the more stationary styles where it's like a, a one player who's really dominating the ball, whether it's Luka in Dallas or what we used to see with James Harden in Houston. But then you have, like, the motion teams with the Kings yeah. right now or the Warriors. And like, yeah, a lot of teams are playing with motion and movement. Mm -hmm. I think, like, with your style of play, it, it feels like it's tailor-made for that type of style where it's multiple guys sharing playmaking responsibilities because you also have a like a knack for passing too yeah, yeah well yeah yeah i think like uh i mean i think i could fit in most offenses uh i don't see my game i just like being able to fit only one type of play so i just think i gotta keep building off of it you watch a lot of nba yeah yeah i watch a lot of like thunder because my brother played for oh, yeah, them obviously yeah. i watched like every game i think last year and uh and then I'll watch like more other teams around playoffs time. I mean, OKC is kind of like that hybrid type of team. Like yeah. SGA can dominate the ball if necessary, but yeah. then they have Giddy and they have Williams. They have a yeah. bunch of guys who can handle the ball. Is that the type of style you feel like you you enjoy watching the most? I mean, yeah, I definitely enjoy watching that team because like it's like a lot of versatility. Everybody can guard like more position. It's all really tall guys, a lot of length. So yeah, I, I feel like. It's it's like a great team. Did you play guard at all growing up? Like when you were, you know, seven, eight years old playing basketball, did they have you playing the five? Did you play guard growing up? What's your background playing basketball? I was more like of a, a wing because I used to like play with the older guys. So I wasn't the tallest. Mm -hmm. I was more like just, yeah, two, three. So I had to like, had more skills because I wasn't faster than guys, wasn't jumping higher. So I had to like lock in on little things or else I just couldn't play. How'd you start playing? started playing because my brother and my dad was playing. So I was just like, I didn't even choose. Like, I just started playing basketball. Did your dad play basketball growing up? Yeah, or yeah. Was it professional at all? No, nah, it wasn't professional. It was more like uh, for fun, like outside of I work see. and everything. How tall was he? Like six nine, six eight. How about your mom? She's like six one, I think. I heard they're uh, living with you in Perth this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be nice, right? Yeah, that's really nice having them. Yeah. You have a really good relationship with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you kind of first realize, oh my God, I could I could do this in my life. Like, this could be my career. I think when I was like probably 12, uh, when I went to a tournament in Spain, uh, that's when like I started getting recruited by Real Madrid. 
And I think that's when, like, I realized, like, oh, like, that's where Luka Doncic went, you know, mm-hmm. like, maybe, like, maybe I'm one, I'm one of them too. Like, I can be like that. Why are you one of them? I guess because, like, just my versatility, my versatility and uh, the impact I have, like, on both hands on the floor. What about your mindset? I feel, I feel like that's the, that's the thing that, like, a lot of teams find attractive with your hustle. Uh, how do you how do you define yourself with your approach to the game? I think I'm I'm trying to show like that I'm one of the best players on the court every time I step there, and uh, that was my mindset like heading to the games, just like hunting on defense and and just like trying to get buckets on on offense, cheap ones. I mean, some of the plays where you just shut down home were filthy, but they were crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, like you're seven feet tall and you're out uh, there on the perimeter. I mean, there's like elements of Jaron Jackson Jr. with you, with your weak side rim protection. There's there's elements of these lockdown smaller guys. Like you, you play like somebody who's seven feet, but you move like somebody who's six six, six seven. Yeah. You got those long rangey wings. Those plays were filthy, man. <laughs> have you have you had that like that type of defense your whole life? When when did you start becoming a lockdown guy? I mean, I feel like like being like a lockdown guy, like you say, it was more like a probably two years last year, that's when I, I really felt like I got faster. Uh, before that, I was more like still developing, I think. But yeah, like probably a year ago or so, like that's when I started realizing like I could be like a good off-ball and on-ball defender. What, what changed you said like you got faster? Was it something with the strength and conditioning program with OTE? Yeah, definitely. Like that, that helped me a lot. I uh, did a lot of that. Like that was almost five times a week, I think. So that really changed my physique. And uh, and then it's just to like just when when you get older, like just things click in your body, I guess. Uh, my wingspan got longer, so it helped me on on things like this. I got taller. So how much? Uh, like you see, you say you're two twenty now. What were you when you first started with OTE? I was like one ninety eight. Oh wow! So you've you've gained a lot then. Yeah. Right? Have you have you felt it? Like so, you've gotten quicker as you've gained. Yeah. And you've gotten stronger as you've gained. Well, what? How heavy do you want to get eventually? I mean, honestly, like. I don't think getting heavier will like slow me down. I think mm-hmm. it'll like even just keeps building. So probably I see myself like around 235, 240 maybe. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Who are the players you like watching most in the NBA? Uh, obviously, I'm going to say my brother. Uh, that's like You're biased, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm biased a little bit. But yeah, that's, that's someone I watch. But then I don't really like, uh, I don't like idolize just one player in the NBA. I watch like a lot of games and just like pick up from some players like that I see, but yeah. Like who? For example, like just, I watched Giannis, you know, obviously watched a lot of KD growing up, just like guys that are versatile, that are big, that, that can do mostly like everything on the, on the floor, you know? I mean, you had that play in game two on Friday where you kind of received the ball at half court and just, you know, just freight train towards the basket. That was Giannis-esque. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, those type of plays like, uh, really like you can take advantage of because your defender is backing up. So it's like really, I think, something I got to like keep digging into. I mean, that's the interesting thing when you talk about like the strength aspect, like you've gained speed as you've gotten stronger. Yeah. And as you continue to get stronger, that's going to make those drives to the basket even more devastating, mm-hmm. which is why, like we talked about earlier with the closeouts, as your footwork gets better and as you kind of connect that handle so you're never getting called for those travels, like you're like if you catch the ball from behind the arc, nobody's going to be able to stop you on yeah. those closeouts. That's going to be a major weapon for you, yeah, yeah. especially if the shot starts clicking. Like yeah. this, this week, it, it, you know, you really did shoot well. I, I saw you had three or five from three this week, eight of 11 from the free throw line. And that's obviously just a two-game sample. Yeah. But that's way up from what you did with the overtime elite. You were 21.2% from three, 54% from the free throw line. Yeah. Are you doing something different with your shot? I mean, I think it's just uh, like uh, the free throw line, especially just like, me going more to the free throw line just helps my percentage in general. Cause, uh, back at OT, I used to go like once in a game. So obviously if you make like one or two, yeah, 50%, you know, but like me being more aggressive, uh, made me like, I think yesterday I had seven free throws. So I have like more chance of making them basically. You're like, we have a better rhythm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, like first shot, sometimes like you get to get, you get the yeah. feel for it. But when you're at the free throw line or when you're taking a jumper, what are your eyes looking at? Do you look at the back of the rim? Or are you kind of looking in the middle? Like, what are you focusing on when you shoot? Yeah, I feel like people always tell me to look at the back of the rim. So yeah, that's, that's mostly what I look at. So like mechanically with your feet or your hands or your elbow, there's nothing different from OT last year? I think uh, now I'm more into like a, a left-right kind of pull up from three, which like gives me more like strength and like makes it more one motion. I'll say. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, I like hoping into it. Okay. So like you're kind of like your motion as you're bringing a exactly, shot up yeah. is a little bit different than it was prior. Yeah. Is that something a Perth coach is helping you with or do you yeah, have a personal? Yeah. Well, John, uh, he was like a really great shooter. And that's something he told me like, uh, when we were shooting like first practices, it was like, yeah, if you can always do left, right, just do left, right. Like find a way to, to get a lot of like motion towards the basket and you shot going to look. So when you're better. practicing, you're that like you're focusing on that. You're thinking about that. 
and to try to make that new mechanic a, a, an old habit, like something you yeah. just don't even think about. Yeah. How important is the jump shot for your future to reach your potential? I think it's really important because uh, nowadays, like you got to be able to stretch the floor and uh, it just makes it a lot easier for uh, just the guards if there's not a, a big guy that's rotating over the paint because there's a threat from the three. So uh, I think it just helps the game like spread out. I mean, the interesting thing with you, I said this to Almanza when I interviewed him the other day. With him, like, he has always been kind of an inconsistent shooter as well. He's shown flashes. He's got great touch near the basket, but the shot has never kind of clicked for him. And yep. he said to me, he's like, I mean, I lose confidence if I miss one shot, uh, you know, that I just don't want to take the next one. With you, is confidence ever on, on your mind when it comes to shooting? I don't think uh, that's, like, my case. Because for me, I, I think I'm always going to shoot, like, a... Uh, whether I make him or not, like if I'm open, I don't think I'll pass a, a shot. But of course, like if I miss three, four in a row, maybe I'll start to like trying to make other reads. But uh, I'm I'm always going to take the shots. I mean, I mean, the thing I said to him, and I'll say to you as well. I think with you, like you could never take a three in your entire NBA career and still have a ten plus year career mm -hmm. because of your defense, because of your admin finish, and because of the fact you can be used in so many different roles. So. It, I think in that sense, you are clearly a high floor prospect. Mm -hmm. Like you're safe in the sense that teams can look at you and say, oh yeah, he's going to be with us a long time. Yeah. But if the shot clicks, that's where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, this guy could be one of the best players in basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think that speaks to what you were saying about it being an important thing for you. Yeah. Is that your, do you think that is, like, what do you think is your biggest weakness right now on the court? What do you need to get best at? I think what I really need to get best at is just uh, overall my my stamina, because I think uh, like that that will give me like more opportunity. Because sometimes you know when you run back after two or three plays, your effort level is not as one hundred percent. So like that's that's something like I think if I if I get really better at and I can keep like a constant level of energy throughout the game is it's gonna be like way more efficient. So did you feel that this week? You're playing like 30-ish minutes yeah, each yeah. game. I mean, definitely. Like it was a couple of times where it was like, uh, like after running a lot, like maybe I, I should be like more, I should have more stamina during the, the year so I can build up. Where would you grow up in France? Uh, Toulouse. It's like the South France. What's it like there? It's really hot. Uh, it's more of like a rugby city. People don't really like and look at basketball that much, but it's starting to like grow more and more. What was there to do there aside from, you know, you're playing basketball with friends and whatnot, your brother and your dad? It was like, uh, I, I used to play a, like an instrument when I was younger. Uh, what instrument? I used to play a trumpet. Okay. Yeah. Can you still play it at all? Nah, I stopped when I was like 11. Oh, so you I don't think. remember anything? <laughs> I mean, maybe if, I, if I'm in front of a trumpet, uh, but I never tried since, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that that was mostly it, like just basketball, school, trumpet, my my friends, my. So the, what's the what's that area known for? Is there like a festival or anything like that every year? Like it's like known for, it's known for like uh being like a they call it like a, a pink city. Mm -hmm. It's like the bricks looks like pink at uh during the sunset. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Also, yeah. nice sunsets there. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to play for the national team someday? I mean, yeah, most definitely. Like I mean, playing for the. The, the World Cups, and that's, that's definitely a goal. There's a lot of loaded, I mean, like the team is loaded. Yeah, There's yeah. so many, so much great talent, yeah. right? Uh, what do you think about, who's your favorite French basketball players right now playing in the NBA? Olivia Sarr, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly him. I, I like, I like Rudy, you know, because mm. what he does defensively is impressive. What's the best piece of advice you got from your brother when it comes to where you are and your journey right now? To just trust myself uh, and like always be confident. Uh, I think that's the best piece of advice he gave me. Like just uh, like believing the work I put in and just go out there and and try to show it. How do you stay confident? I think just like uh, some plays give you confidence, of course, but just like in your head too is is a big part of it. Just like knowing. Your worth, I guess. And what do you love about basketball? What do you love most about it? I think like the the endless like uh, the endless things you can improve on. Like I think it never stops. Like I don't think I'll ever get a point in my career where it's like, oh well, like you do everything great. You know, like there's always something that you can work on to like get better at. So it's like the satisfaction that you feel from having a goal and seeing it become a reality. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, like, what what has made you feel that the most so far in your time playing basketball? Having a goal and and uh, well, I would probably say like right now, just uh, I was planning on on just like being a better player this season, and I think it's it's clicking right now. So probably this. I mean, it does seem like it's clicking, man. I, I think I think like I said to you earlier, you have a high floor. Like you can be this dominant defensive guy. Switching that's so important in today's NBA. And offensively, I mean, the at-rim finishing, yep. the handle, your passing feel. If everything clicks, you could be one of those guys who is one of the better guys in the entire league. Like high floor, high ceiling. Um, last thought, uh, when it comes to the NBA right now, everything's about versatility. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, like you're the type of player who's coming in at the perfect time. It, it, with your versatile style, does that kind of come from watching the game evolve into what it is today, like like where there's no limitations on, on who you can be as a player, regardless of your size. I mean, yeah, probably. Because, uh, I mean, I think it just like the freedom people gave me is about that too. Because they realize like, uh, well, you know, nowadays guys have to like be positionless. And I mean, not positionless, but like know how to do everything. So I think that if it was back in the day and people just try to put me as a true center with like, no other like skills around it. So yeah, I think it's part of this too, like what uh, the freedom people gave me growing up. But what's your ultimate goal for the NBA? My ultimate goal, I would say just like win championship, of course, and being able to play with my brother. That'd be awesome. Yes, sir. Winning a title with him. Yeah, I, I that would be the best Alex fan. Thanks yes, so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Alex Saar. I'll be back next week with my conversations with Manas Buzelis and Etan Almanzar from the G League Ignite. And if you didn't hear it on Wednesday, I had a convo with Ron Holland of the G League Ignite, another potential number one pick. Hope you enjoy your weekend.